0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Femme Collective. And we are really just trying to tackle a pretty, it could be a broad topic, but honestly, in the way we discuss it, we just really want to hone in on just therapy, right? Just just think of that word and all all it entails, but more so our perspective. Um, Personally, I know that therapy is an integral part of my mental health. Um, my overall well-being. And I know that for Katie and Stacy, you know, we've, we've talked about it on the podcast before. We've, we're all advocates of therapy and have used it in different stages of our lives. Currently, probably in therapy right now, all for different reasons. But um, we, we definitely have believed that therapy is important. Now, my personal experience with therapy and how it pretty much started for me was more so when I was 18 years old, and, and I was in college and growing up, so therapy is not really big. And I can speak for the Hispanic community, especially in my household, where we're extremely religious. Extremely growing up, so therapy was just never something we talked about. My parents went through a divorce when I was young, younger in high school, and 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 that definitely had an imprint on me. But therapy was just never an option. So when I got to college, there was um, a psychologist on campus, a couple of psychologists on campus, and it were free services, right? So um, shout out to St. John's University. I will say that they have amazing services for all of their students. You're probably paying for it in your tuition. So I would highly recommend anyone in college to look into what services are offered to them for free and take advantage. And so that's how I was introduced to therapy. And I remember going to to the psychologist, at least, it was at least every other month, And we're really just digging into different things that were affecting me just to transition into adulthood, being on my my own for the first time where I had to work through college. I was paying for college and and applying for different things. And that was a lot of pressure. But then also I just noticed like the immense pressure I felt um, just for pleasing my parents. And I just didn't know where that came from. It was something where I was just very, very focused on pleasing my mom. and And then also even my dad, even though we didn't have a great relationship. So that's how it started for me. And I've honestly been going to therapy ever since different stages, for sure. There are times when I haven't been going consistently, but, um, every time I I went through a big transition or a big change in my life, a new chapter, I do feel like therapy has helped me better understand all everything that was going on. And so I have learned that there are different kinds of therapy. And most therapists use a combination, you know, depending on your individual situation, but there's not just one kind of therapy. It's not just sitting on a couch talking to someone. There's a lot of different types, and so the more you learn about it, um, the more you're able to to identify with a with specific type or just learn the different ways that someone can help you work through some issues. As I mentioned a little earlier, it's not therapy is not a big part of. It's not something that Hispanics typically feel comfortable admitting to, or or even saying that they need. I know that being very, very, like I said, in a religious home, a lot of the things we hear is, you know, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. That's first Peter five, seven. And I feel like that's really what, what we're taught, right? If you have a problem, pray about it. The Lord will help you figure it out. And while I believe that hundred percent, I believe he will put people in your life, including professionals that'll help you figure it out. Right. So, I mean, during the pandemic, I, I've had to go back to it. Now I'm I'm seeking therapy. I have a therapist that I love and I, I see her monthly. And so I almost see it as maintenance, preventative care. It's a part of part of me. And there are times when we're just talking about what's going on with me, new things. And other times we're talking about actual issues or things that have been affecting me. And we dig into that. And so I believe it's made me a better wife, a better mother daughter and just a better human. And so that's where I really encourage others, including my my loved ones, my husband, my my mom, my, my siblings, whenever I can. And even taking it to the point where my children have started going to therapy as well, right? More so because of the pandemic and how it affected them early on just being abruptly taken out of their school, their daycare, and their life changing so rapidly with with no answers for anyone because I didn't have them. And then also um, just when they go to different transitions, my daughter started when she started preschool, right? So there's just different times in your life where it can just help you. It's nice to have someone to talk to, not just the kids have someone to talk to, but my husband and I, whenever we're dealing with something, it's nice to have a professional that I can email or call and just ask for tips. And um, she's helped us get through some of those as well. Now, I, did, I just wanted to give everyone a background on why, why I feel so strongly about therapy and why we even talking about it today personally. But at this point, I do want to transition over to Katie and, and really just, you know, one, I obviously want to know your thoughts about therapy as a whole, but really, you know, what were some of the things you thought about it just growing up? And then let us know if there are any types of therapy that, that you have experienced with right
1: now. Yeah. Yeah, and my, you always give such great intros. And I think it was a really nice job of you to plug um, and kind of try to bring attention to the free services that are offered in colleges. Um, I think that will be really helpful. And hopefully our, our, our listeners will get something from that and be able to share that with college aged um, folks that they know. Thinking back to childhood and how I viewed therapy, you know, I, I think I was pretty neutral on it growing up i don't think it was um a shameful thing but it wasn't something i didn't like notice my parents were actively seeking um therapy you know as just like a mental health and wellness activity but something i don't think we've talked about this on the show yet but um when i was 13 my older brother committed suicide so my parents that was the moment that we all kind of started therapy in our lives to try to help us deal with that of someone who would no longer be there. And for such a, um, like almost taboo reason, you know, it's rarely talked about. My parents were very much open about it. They didn't want it to be secretive, but they wanted us to find a way to try to move through that. Um, so that was my first encounter with therapy. I think it went pretty well. Cause I feel pretty well adjusted to the death of my brother. So, <laughs> um, but In terms of like the evolution of my involvement with therapy in my adult life, um, I don't think I really sought it consistently until I had a baby and that was two years ago. And with, you know, this enormous like rapid onset, like my said of the pandemic and that affected all of us in different ways and different severity insignificance. I mean, yeah, I, I really love to hear people say that they were fine during the pandemic, that they were cool staying home. Um, I'm very jealous of that. <laughs> I, cause I didn't feel that at all. So, you know, I went through years of, um, fertility treatments and then, um, then we had a baby, but it was also, you know, two weeks before, COVID began. And that was just, it was extremely difficult for me and my husband personally and in our marriage. And I know that I'm, I'm definitely not alone when it comes to that. Um, But therapy was really key for me. In fact, recently I started working consistently with a therapist. I've got a really close friend where I live who is a, um, a licensed counselor And because of that, we wouldn't work together. But when I asked her how to deal with some trauma or wanting to change certain traits or behaviors about myself, things that I don't particularly like, or I've always struggled with, she told me about EMDR. That stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it's a psychotherapy treatment that was originally designed to alleviate the distress associated with traumatic memories. So I think mostly it was developed to help patients with PTSD and things like that, because I do not even want to try to attempt all the neuroscience behind it. Like Stacy, that's much more your jam than mine, but, um, the goal is to try to desensitize yourself from something that has been significantly traumatic. And they use a a technique called bilateral stimulation. And that can be either with the movement of a pen or tapping on each side of your body, but you know, you can do it yourself with the help of of a licensed therapist, but, um, It has been so unbelievably helpful to me. And my friend who's a therapist who recommended this for me, she's like, I hardly want to use any other therapy. And my existing therapist says that EMDR works so well that she, she doesn't even want to use talk therapy anymore. It Mm -hmm. just is so beneficial. And sometimes we've stopped because I've been working with her every week for three or three and a half months. So every single week I do an EMDR session for an hour and, you know, you pick different targets. Like for me, like for instance, I would say my, my brother's suicide, the basic underpinning of EMDR is that your brain has a natural inclination towards health. So if you allow it to unfold and process feelings, memories, emotions, trauma, that it will heal. Um, and so that has been really helpful for me. And just as a quick example, it would be like, you know, memories, thoughts, emotions, things come up feelings in my body as I'm thinking about my brother's suicide. And I, I can go, and I did go from being very angry and feeling like he was so very selfish. How could he do this to my family? If only he had known the kind of splintering that would occur after his death, how could he have done this to us? to ultimately a point where I felt so sad and sorry that he was in a place where he didn't feel like he had any other option. And mm-hmm. so that is the kind of, that's an example of just the significant change on how I process and desensitize myself from the angry, hurt, traumatic feelings and instead feel something more like compassion.
0: Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Um, we'll definitely, you know, put some information in the the notes just regarding EMDR and and that specific type of therapy. And now I'm curious to see if um, my therapist is licensed in that and get to give it a try. But like you said, it's just another form of therapy, similar to talking it out with a therapist and they help you work through some of your issues that way. This is definitely another method to do that. Now, what I did want to ask Stacey was, what do you think are some of the misconceptions out there just regarding therapy?
2: I think when I was growing up, my misconception, I think, was that it was for, like, exclusively for, like, rich people that could afford, like, the, the hourly rates and all of that. And also a little bit that it was for people that were only for people that may be going through, like, severe, severe trauma versus, like, more of the more, like, low to moderate issues that we face and deal with and go through. And, you know, I think I said this in maybe last season in one of our episodes in like the, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? But I used to hold hold like therapy sessions as like a teenager with my family and I would just walk them through exercises. So I think naturally I was inclined towards being supportive of therapy just because I've always, and I still am very interested in underlying causes, like what is at the root of different issues that people face, and so I think that therapy helps to uncover that, so I've always had a strong interest. I think the misconception in the Black community maybe is, too, that it's not affordable um, for them, but there are a lot of different options out there. There's stuff on sliding scales, there's, you know, other income-based programs, there's publicly funded programs to support people there's programs through your your job and like my set through college campuses so there is a solution to that and i think the other misconception too is that you have to be super crazy or something has to be severely broken within you for you to need therapy and i also think for me personally too before i first started is just having fear of judgment and like fear of being so open about so many personal things. I remember having a lot of anxiety when I first started therapy, like, how is this going to be? I'm talking to someone who doesn't know me, but I'm supposed to share all these things. Um, so yeah, those are some of the, the misconceptions and I think personal issues that I had with it.
1: Yeah. Stacy, I was just going to say that what you mentioned right at the very end about, you know, being nervous to share so many things and be so open about yourself it's so hard to be that open but if you know and have your eye on the hope of long lasting change and sustained betterment I mean I think it gets a little bit easy but easier but it's really hard to do I mean I find myself sometimes not wanting to share everything with my therapist because there's still this part of me that like wants her to like me and I told her that like a couple weeks ago and she's like that is very normal very very normal to want to hold things back but please try not to um and so it was just it, it was a really good conversation
2: Yeah, and kind of related to that, one thing I did like about it that's related to that is that for my personality type, I'm very concerned about others, like how they're feeling, what I'm putting on them. And so it provided an opportunity for me to have someone that I knew was committed to hold space for me to be able to unload which we don't want to always unload everything that's heavy that we're dealing with on even some of the people that we're closest to, because we know they have their own things going on. And so I love that it provides that, um, the freedom to, to feel more comfortable in knowing that I'm not putting something on someone else that they're not really ready to take on or hold space for me for. So that's something I love about it too. And I think even if you don't even get with the best therapist, and I I share this with everybody that I recommend therapy to is even if you have one appointment with a therapist and you just get to release what you're dealing with, that's so therapeutic. I remember my first therapy session, I cried pretty much the whole time. And it was just because I was unpacking all these things that I was holding on to that I never truly fully 100% shared with others because again I was worried about unloading on them. So I just think it's a safe space and a container for you to just be open and unload and not feel like you're putting burden on anybody else either. I love that you said that being that even if
0: you don't have find the best therapist because sometimes you know you may not, right? Or you may not find let's not I don't want to say the best therapist. You may not find a therapist that you fully connect with or feel like, you know, it is somebody that you can Um, be fully vulnerable with but just being able to vent or at least put it out there speak to an an impartial party a person that truly is just listening to what you're saying taking the information you're giving them and at times you know what is their job analyzing the situation and maybe letting you know hey I know this is tough for you but You were the one in the wrong, or maybe there was another way that could have been, that could have been done, or you could have approached the conversation a little differently. And so I think that that's the one thing I know that when I encourage um, those around me, close friends or even family, I sometimes just tell them like, it's just nice to speak to somebody who has no, who's unbiased, who's just there to listen. And they should be listening, not doing more talking than you, but it's really there just to listen and to let you just let it all out. And then we'll give you some feedback, you know, after that happens. And so, um, you know, what is one way, Stacy, that you would encourage, let's say, a close friend or a family member um, in times when when you think they're seeking therapy would help them, you know, or be be a positive or something that they even need, depending on what they're going through? Well,
2: first of all, I think everybody can benefit from therapy, so you don't have to be going through anything. And I would recommend that you go. But more specifically, I think. Um, times where I've recommended others to seek therapy is when I see that they're reaching out to me a lot, maybe, and saying like, I need help or I'm struggling and to protect myself too. I'm like, well, I can't provide the professional care that I think that you need. I don't have the capacity to do that. So it's just anything that they're challenged with where they're not being able to resolve a problem or they're having really deep dark, sad, heavy feelings that they can't manage and it's starting to impact them from their everyday lives or just if they feel alone and isolated, I think that's very common because whatever you're going through can make you feel alone and isolated. So I think those are the main situations. And then of course, for my mamas out there, like Katie said, like that's when she started going back more is becoming a mom. There's so much that's being pulled at you and so many things that you have to face when you become a mom i think momming really helps forces you to kind of pull out and face maybe some deep rooted things that you've never dug into because you didn't have to but when you become a mom so much more is required of you so you got to create that space and that capacity to fully be present, to fully love. And you can't do that if you've got a bunch of junk or past trauma that you've never fully addressed or faced. So that's another you know, situation where I really encourage others to get therapy. And one thing I wanted to add is that I think it's really important to take a holistic approach to whatever healing or issue that you're going through. And what we're talking about today is just therapy, right? Like that's one healing modality for you. But there's other options as well that I would pair with therapy like because you have to take ownership of your healing. You got to take ownership of what you're facing. So it's therapy. There's new things coming out all the time that we're scientifically finding that is helpful. One modality that I'm looking into that's under the therapy area is called IFS, which is internal family systems. And it really walks you through some of those childhood traumas that you may still be dealing with. And you're almost kind of like reparenting yourself. From what you've been through as a child, because a lot of us are still broken from those childhood traumas that we've never fully unraveled. So I've just been looking into different modalities. There's sound healing. I mean, you can do start doing more movement. All the science shows more movement helps. So whether that's yoga, walking, weightlifting for me, because I really feel it in my body and I feel connected. Um, And then just. Not being afraid to face and sit with your feelings, I think is so important. And I think that's where therapy can come into, because it may be scary to, to really just sit with some heavy feelings, but you have, but you have somebody there to help support you and walk you through that. So, you know, Stacey, you mentioned the IFS and I think that's so wonderful,
1: um, to try to figure out what it is that you may still be struggling with from early childhood, and my therapist said something the other day, like this person that gets angry or mad at this thing here, that's not necessarily you. Like you need to go ahead and give your inner child a hug and tell her it's going to be okay. You know, and i would never thought about it like that. And I bet that's probably some of the
0: things that you're reading Stacey about
1: the IFS.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And Something else I've learned, right? So the IFS, I'm going to have to look into it as well. And thank you, Stacey, for sharing the different modalities at the end, different ways in which we can approach our healing. And um, as you mentioned, it's it's a full thing, right? It's a part of figuring out how to be well overall, not just one aspect of your body, mental health or emotional health, but there's physical health and then also spiritually. And, And it's just, I know we've talked about it so many times, but I know like for Katie, She's mentioned meditation is huge for her and it's helped her, you know, get through some anxious moments. So for those that may not feel as comfortable seeking therapy or speaking with someone, there are other ways in which you can try to start your, your health journey and be able to hopefully get to the point where you can feel comfortable in speaking to others um, about what's going on. Now, I will say one of the hardest things in finding and in, in sticking with therapy is finding a therapist that you connect with. And I mentioned it before, I know that's something that when I speak to loved ones or or close friends, they'll just say that that's where it's hard. They'll get started, they'll find a therapist, it doesn't go well, they drop it and they never look back. And so I almost compare it to like dating. Um, I don't know many people that enjoy dating (laughs) or want to go back to those days, especially those that are, are no longer single. But I know at times dating can be tough, but when you find that one person it makes it all worth it. And and I think that when you're looking for a therapist, it's it's very similar. You'll just keep looking. And and like Stacey said, sometimes just see it as a venting session, even if it's not somebody you fully connect with. But when you keep trying to find that person where you can't open up with, be fully vulnerable, be able to even discuss the things about yourself that you're embarrassed about um, comfortably, that's really when you'll be able to find value in the process and, and ultimately heal, right? And, and just be a better... A better person overall that you can give to others as well, because you don't feel as depleted uh, in the process. So I did just want to mention a couple of, of resources uh, real quick. And then I'll see if Katie and Stacy have any final thoughts before we wrap it up here. Uh, but more so, you know, I found the therapist for my kids, I just use PsychologyToday.com, And that really helped me just find someone who was focused on children or Or personally, I prefer um, a woman of color. And so when I was looking for a therapist, I did the same thing. So what I like about psychology today is that you're able to put different criteria or filters and and figure out exactly, is it somebody you want to see online? Is it somebody you want to see in person? Also Teladoc, which offers not just therapy, but they offer um, general health, and then also nutritionists and and different things, depending on your, your ins- insurance does cover it. And, and so that's something, that's one um, platform that you can use to find a therapist and keep trying. I've tried a few therapists on Teladoc, right? So until you find the one that you connect with, there's also BetterHelp, which I know Stacey has mentioned before. And then I'll be honest, you know, good old Google. Um, you just get into Google and put in some things that you're looking for And and I'm sure you'll find um, either a person or another avenue to be able to continue the search. So I definitely encourage each and every one of you to to give one of those a try. The last thing is I just want to encourage anyone
1: who's listening who might be on the fence about trying therapy, or maybe you have some preconceived notions, um, you can find someone to meet your needs out there. And you definitely, definitely will not be any worse than where you are now. There's only one way up with someone helping you.
2: And I just wanted to add that it takes strength to reach out for help versus a lot of people thinking it's a weakness. Because it takes strength to look yourself in the mirror and know that you need help and support and you're human and that's okay. And the only other thing I left out that I wanted to add that's been super helpful from a therapist is they give you coping mechanisms. So they can give you little techniques to deal with anxiety, to deal with depression that I've actually used and I still use today. Um, for, for managing the overwhelm and managing different things. So they give you practical things too, be besides just some of the like, maybe more intangible aspects that people think of as far as therapy is concerned. Um, and the other only other thing I wanted to, to say is that if you're dealing with anything that is severe or depression or you're in crisis. Just know that there's support out there. There's even a crisis hotline that you can call. There's one that you, that's if you're just in crisis, not even if you're suicidal, but there's one for suicide as well too. So just know that you're not alone in dealing with any of this. And a lot of the times people that you run into every day are dealing with some deep, dark stuff and you just don't know. So you're not the only one. And that's, that's all I wanted to add.
1: Yeah. I think those are really good. I mean, especially the part about the crisis um, stuff, I think it's important um, that people know that there's help for sure. I did want to mention like one thing that Stacy said about coping mechanisms. I think, like you've heard from us today, like usual, we have all different kinds of experiences with therapy. Um, but it doesn't have to or need to be like a lifelong thing. If you need it to deal with a specific trauma or a specific time in your life, like Stacy said, it isn't, it isn't uh, you know, never-ending. It can be very specific and in the short term, and they will give you ways to handle these crises going forward. And that's really important to make you feel like you have the weapons to deal with something should it occur again.
0: Thanks so much, ladies. I really appreciate you both, you know, all of us just being so open in this conversation and and also speaking of our own, you know, the issues that we've dealt with times when we've had to seek therapy Hopefully, we've been able to encourage one of our listeners or be able to just have them encourage someone that they care about, just knowing that there's some resources out there um, to just get whatever help they need. Till next time.